On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the role of project management, how project managers interact with programmers, the value of relationships and communication, and how to make a project successful. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, automation, and programming aspects of the audiovisual industry. I'm your host, Steve Greenblatt. Thanks for joining us today. We have an exciting show on tap, and we're going to be talking about what I think is an underappreciated aspect of the industry, and that's the area of project management. And of course, because of our show, show is about control, we're going to be talking mostly about how it pertains to control programming, programmers, and the impact on the overall project. So with that said, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Uh, first off, he is a regular or a repeat guest, let's call it, on this show. His name is Jim Maltese from AVR. How are you, Jim, today? Thanks you for joining us today. Good, Steve. Doing very well. Good to be back. Excellent. Uh, next, I'd like to introduce Luke Jordan. Uh, Luke is from Electroacoustics, and he is, has appeared on uh, AV Week, but this is his first chance to enlighten us on the state of control. Welcome, Luke. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And last but not least, he's a veteran programmer uh, who I know for quite some time. He also manages programmers. He's from Vistacom. His name is Mark Rickley. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon, Steve. Thanks for having me on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. So control system programming involves a lot more than just control programming or writing code, let's say. Um, Programmers need to interface with different people. They need to gather information. They need to define functionality, do field testing, troubleshooting. There's a lot of coordination also that goes into programming. Uh, a lot that, that, that's uh, you know, often understated. And what I'd like to explore a little bit today is, is what those pieces are, how they go together, and how, how we get to a, a successful outcome. So. Uh, Luke, I'm, I'm going to actually kick this off with you. You're, you've, um, you work with clients both on the front end, defining systems, and also um, on the implementation side and, and making sure that everything goes as planned. So, so what, what are some of the key elements to define and, and focus on when you're approaching a project that involves control programming? Um, I think the first thing that is really important is you know for a for a well integrated system uh you know, having a point of control is is super important and you know we all want to make it easy you know avixa is working on a standard for uh ui and you know making sure that it's just easy to use is important but understanding what 
problem you're solving, what need, you know, what, what pain point does a client have that you're addressing? And it might be that they aren't aware and maybe it's new construction. There is no pain point yet, but by understanding what their problems have been in the past or what their experience has been in the past and, and drawing them out, um, that gives you the information you need to design a solution that's going to take care of that. Or if they've, they've got an existing system and you're upgrading to um, uh, a more modern or uh, more current control system, understanding what their pain points have been and making sure that you don't repeat those same mistakes. So really it's just a lot of asking questions and then from a sales engineering perspective, knowing what products and solutions are available to meet those needs and making sure to draw a, a really tight connection between those pain points, those problems, and those gotta have it's to the solutions and products that you are able to offer and, and create. So Jim, I'll, I'll jump over to you. Uh, basically what, what Luke is describing is understanding needs, coming up with with a, a scope of work, and 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 really coming up with a design that that meets what the client's expectations and and is going to be something that that's going going to work for them. Um, I think one of the the key elements uh, also is try, getting that communicated properly to a programmer. What are some techniques that you've seen that have been successful and, and how, how, how do you go about that? Because it's, it's, a, it's often a tricky part of the project. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, with Luke and, and I agree with you. It's a very tricky part of the project. And, you know, I think too often people nowadays rely on the written word, um, which is a mistake when we have videos, when we have pictures. And um, for me, you know, in, in addition to pain points, I, I think we really need to pay attention to um, culture and consistency for our end users. And so if they have something they like, we should let the programmer know exactly what it is they like in terms of existing user interfaces, um, what they use, uh, and not only what they like, but what they don't like. Like if they have the room that no one likes to use, make sure that's captured as well. Package that all up with pictures, with videos, with, with maybe an interview with the client and put through to the programmer, this is the level of user. We don't like a lot of buttons. We want that magic one button um, control system, and that's it. Uh, where flexibility, you know, it, we're, we're always balancing flexibility and um, convenience. And, and so finding that balance of do they want super users or do they just want uh, like a, 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 a rock solid control system that's super easy to use. They might not access everything, but they might not need to. Um, and so understanding that culture of user is, is going to go a long way as well. But to communicate that, I just think we need to rely on audio and pictures and video, not just an email. What, what are some examples that, that you've seen work with, with regards? Because I think that's a great idea. And, and I think, you know, showing rather than telling is, is very, very effective. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what are some examples of, of how you've been able to capture a, a scope in a video yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems silly, but um, I, I always have my phone and, and I've been uh, using a lot of the, the, the tablet world as well because they've, they've kind of come a long way. And it's literally me holding the tablet up at people or at an interface saying, 
this is great, and maybe I'll, I'll circle a picture or something like that, look at this. Um, this is the room we're in. They like these buttons. They like this flavor of interface. Uh, they have this you know, system in a box, but everyone knows how to use it. And so if we can take this flavor of interface and apply it to an integrated control system, I think that'll go a long way. Uh, and it's me, as usual, talking to myself. Um, and I wrap that up. I, I put it on some shareable drive and, and you know, get it out. Get it out to the team. So, Mark, uh, I'm going to use you as our, our programmer expert and also our uh, one who probably wrestles with a lot of these challenges often in, in, in managing projects and programmers. Uh, what, what are some of the gotchas that, that you encounter and, and, and what, what techniques do you use to, to possibly overcome them when you're approaching a, a project from a management perspective? Well, this is actually a great, uh, a great topic, really. Um, you know, just to touch on some of the points that uh, that Luke brought up earlier in regards to the uh, the needs analysis. Um, you know, of identifying what uh, what the client's needs are, I think is a key, really the key uh, to a successful. Um, you know, completion or an, an initial. Um, uh, interaction with the client. We need to find out what they're, what, what do we need to solve for them? And then once we get that information, um, it starts off at the basic level. This is our problem. And, you know, we work on coming up with the solutions. Um, to, to touch on what Jim had mentioned and, and as in, in reference to you know, pictures and, and uh, you know, utilizing video, etc. Um, we in, in our company, we typically don't do that. Uh, however, I think that there is something that, uh, some value to uh, capturing uh, those instances where you, you know, you're in front of a client and they have an existing system or, um, you know, they have some type of an idea of how their system would want to work and they can actually have that interaction and a programmer uh, can see that interaction and identify, you know, what, uh, what we could, what we can do to uh, give them a program that's developed, you know, that that's right for them. Um, the, you know, one of the things that we do, uh, we don't have that. Uh, we currently don't have that. Um, but when it comes down to the the uh, clients, we we typically will have the sales folks do all of that initial discovery, and then what we do is we start storyboarding all the way to the point of a deliverable program. And during that time, what we will do is we will actually will do, um, you know, we, we, we get templates and we will actually develop a, uh, a panel, a sample panel that actually works live and get in contact with the client and actually have them interact with that. So hopefully that answers uh, some of the questions, but there's some really good things to touch on here with uh, some of the things that uh, Luke and Jim have brought up. And I, to, to, to piggyback off that real fast, and I, I love that idea of doing like a mock-up touch panel, um, but a few manufacturers are, are, are kind of picking up the baton here, and not only do they show, it's not an interactive touch panel, it's more like a brochure, but um, they show panels, and when a button is pressed on the panel, which is a graphic in the brochure, it shows what's going on with the room peripherals as well. So they'll have like a dual screen display. And so it says, all right, when you go into this mode and they'll 
do some like button press graphic on the touch panel. Then they show, okay, we've got the far end presenter on the left display, the presentation on the right display, and they do some graphic with the audio in the room to show what's going on. And I mean, that's a nice complete picture. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of all of this. You know, this is a great direction, Mark. Um, kind of in that same vein, I'll, I'll typically go out. If the first time I'm working with a client that we know we're going to be doing a few different control projects with, I think that first time uh, we've been bringing our, our in-house programmer with us to really get an understanding of the, the flavor and direction and what the GUI needs to look like. And then we'll build a template so it's a little more time up front on that first project but then subsequent projects I may but usually don't need that programmer to go with me so knowing the templates you know knowing kind of what their needs and their their the way they think is I can go out I can understand what's in the room how do we going to control it how does it interact uh, what are the different user um, needs and then we can just go in and build that into the template. Our programming costs go down after that first project because the templates, the graphics, the, the, the layout, the functionality is all kind of there already. But then we've started kind of the same thing. It's a little more, more flat, but we'll have the, a, a, a touch panel that has no code and it's just a, a layout. And so we'll have this is what it looks like this is what you can control from this page and so we'll have like a description of what every button does and when you press this it, it's just kind of a, a narrative of what happens as you use the touch panel and so it, it gets the the graphics the layout the the user controls and the functions all in a, a, a graphical layout and, and a narrative and we'll send that to the client and so we'll just kind of have a discussion at that point I like this. I don't like this. I wish it did this. Is there another way we could maybe use this? And so by the time the the layout is done, we haven't done any coding, but we haven't done any coding that now has to get rewritten or removed. So when we start actually programming the control processor uh, or whatever, every every line is meaningful and thought out and, and approved by the client. Um, so to us, that's been kind of a time saver. We're doing a little bit more upfront than we used to, but we're not doing any rework. So that's been a, a real nice way of looking at it for us. So I think you bring up a, some really good points and these are great techniques. Uh, and, and I, I'm sure that they could be valuable to a lot of the people listening and, and, uh, you know, the, I, I honestly have not seen some of the, uh, the graphics that Jim was describing and I'm going to check them out myself. Um, so, you know, we're, 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 we're putting, we're focusing a lot on, on developing that scope. And now, um, the next steps are also to, to carry out the execution. And, and a lot of times, and, and I'm speaking from experience, when you're focusing on programming, you're, you're not really realizing the other aspects potentially within a project that are going to impact your success. Um, how, how should a programmer be communicating mostly uh, w with a project manager? And, and, and Luke, I'll send this over to you. Um, to be able to provide updates and get get information that may impact their their success down the road. 
Uh, if communication was easy, everyone would stay married and make money. <laughs> a little bit of Texas humor there. So the, the biggest thing is just honestly having established lines of communication. So definitely starting at the end, when does this project need to finish? How much time have we sold or allotted or agreed upon for testing? Um, I know sometimes in the past we've sold um, kind of before we did the, the pre-approved layout is we would sell a control system with two layout changes. So if you didn't like the text, you wanted to do this, you wanted to do that, as long as it was fairly minor changes, but we would go ahead and sell time for them to say, oh, we, we changed our minds. We don't want this. And without being an extra cost, because we sold that time for them to change their mind. But if it's got a heart open and, you know, on, on this date, do we put in that cushion time for them to change their minds and us to reprogram it beforehand? So kind of understanding working from your finish date going backwards. So now we know, you know, our fabrication shop uh, needs to have all the firmware and connections and everything put together in the, the shop so that it can go into the field. How long does our production team need in order to uh, program uh, or install everything for our programmer to go out there and, and start actually testing devices and it's amazing how often change orders will happen and the programmer doesn't get a request for, Hey, how much more additional time is this going to take? What is this going to require from you? Is this change order even possible within this, this, this timeline, you know? And so th there's a big disconnect a lot of times between the salesman talking with the client, what the client wants, and then talking with the programmer. And do you have capacity to do this? Do you have time to do this? Is this something we can do in house or do we need to outsource this? And, and that's okay, but we need to know about this. So having maybe a, a monthly meeting, and then as we get into the last stretch of that project, establishing this is a weekly meeting where we're going to talk about, has anything changed? Is this still the, the right direction we're going? And, and having a, a set established time to get together really makes that world of a difference, but is something that we've gotten wrong a lot of the times and, and I know that we're probably not the only ones. So, so Jim, I'll, I'll uh, pass it off to you. Um, when you're approaching a project and, and, and coordinating different trades and, and, and really trying to bring things together, a lot of times it's, it's kind of tricky as to how, how do you know when you're going to need to have a program finished or when you are going to need to, uh, to be able to need to involve a programmer and, and obviously their time is valuable as is everybody's. Um, are there some checks and balances that, that you put into your process to be able to, to, to figure that out or to, to create some focus there? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to write down Luke's quote and probably make it my, my email signature, but it's just hard. And you, you, I mean, you, you have to include it as part of your process and, and you have to have a distribution list where if there is any change, any change like that, it goes out to the key stakeholders. And, you know, I always hesitate to rely on tools for process stuff, but at least internally, like, um, you know, things like Spark and Teams and, and things like that, where it provides like a, a, a sticky 
place to, to put that sticky repository where when changes are made or when chats are had, you know, they stay in one spot and people can go back to look at as opposed to emails that, you know, if, if you blink in an email, it'll go down to the very bottom and, and you might not have categorized it or distributed it or blah, 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 but, um, or, or Slack, you know, Slack, all, all those things. I think that's why they were built is to assist on the communication and you can add a programmer late in the game um, and he can just see everything that that's happened and all the documents reside there, all the meetings can reside there, all the chats can reside there and, and we, we just have to work on ways to make that information sticky uh, so that they can be referenced later by everyone, by everyone and that's the hard part. Mark, I'll, I'll bring you in uh, on this. Um, I'm sure you can relate to a lot of this discussion and, and uh, you know, bo both managing your own projects and also managing projects that other people are doing. Um, how do you make sure that you're meeting your deadlines and how, how do you make sure that, that you're going to be able, how, how do you measure your, your capacity and your ability to, to, to meet a schedule? Well, you know, um, my team uh, that I have, uh, they do a fantastic job of what they do. And one of the, one of the things that uh, we've, we've recently actually had it in place for quite some time is that we have actually a software that actually sends out the communications. Now, our, you know, our pro, my development team, they can, uh, they can be on, you know, 10, 15, 20 projects, you know, sometimes at 30 projects at a time for one person. Now, you know, the key is to make sure that the communication is going into the right bucket, you know, and when a, when a guy is working at these different levels, um, they need to be able to have the communications come in, you know, and, and to be able to process that and, uh, and understand. Um, as far as deadlines goes, um, we try to, to, uh, um, to touch on what Jim said. Um, we try to have meetings with the project managers. You know, the, the real key thing here in regards to this show is that project management and programming, um, they, they need to both understand how, um, how, what each person does and what's their responsibility and to have a respect between the two to make sure that everything is successful. Um, and so having that clear line of communication uh, with, you know, the, between the, the teams is, is a key. Uh, but as far as the, the communications coming in, it needs to go into some type of a system that actually collects the data and puts it into some type of a, um, you know, some type of a thread, you know, change orders. Uh, I think uh, Luke or Jim, I, I, I forget, I, I didn't write it down, but I brought up change orders. That's, a, that's a, always the battle that we go through and understanding like, you know, we're going, you know, 100 miles an hour down a, with a project and then all of a sudden we get a change order. It really just, it, it, just, it disturbs us. Uh, but again, a project manager should know, okay, hey, I got to bring the programmer in. We need to, to really look at this a little bit more in detail because that's the, what the, that's what the programmer is looking for is the really good detail to that change order. So I'll, I'll throw this out there, Mark, I'll follow up on this. Does a project manager need to understand programming? How, how technical do they need to be to be effective in, in working with a programmer working in this capacity? Um, I, to be honest with you, I think that both, both the programmer and the project manager need to understand what each person does. Um, you know, as far as 
your question is that the programmers, or the project managers should know um, some aspects of the programming of what to look for. A change order comes in and uh, we're swapping out a display. Oh, I know that my programmer needs, that's at a basic level, but I know that my programmer needs, you know, may need to change the code for that. Um, you know, typically project managers take care of our change order process. Um, our team does a really great, fantastic job at that. And uh, it's a matter of um, them understanding what may affect the programmer and other parties, you know, engineering, you know, uh, whatever, uh, fabrication, you know, whatever. They need to kind of understand all aspects of that project and, and, and the team that they have. I'd, I'd kind of jump in there, though. Um, I think, Steve, like you said, it's important that the project manager understands what the programmer does, but I don't think that the project manager needs to understand what they do. How, how they do it. Right. They, yeah. they need to know that anything that um, is in our system that might interface with that programmer that the programmer needs to be engaged as soon as reasonably possible to discuss how does this affect you? How does this affect the project? And how can we work together to break down barriers, fix problems and complete the project successfully? But I don't really think you need to understand hardly anything about programming. Um, it's just another solutions activity. So like, you know, AV solutions uh, largely are not just box shelf commodities with a short sales cycle, like retail. Uh, it, it really is a longer sales cycle, a longer uh, completion, you know, from, from sales to completion, it's a longer process. And so there's just a whole lot of things that are going on from, you know, MEP to, to mechanical to uh, low voltage that can go into a, a building and it's such a complex process. You go to any subcontractor meeting on a construction project and you got, you know, 13, 20 different representatives of trades in that meeting all, all talking and working together. And so in the same way on, way on an AV project, that programmer is just a, a small portion of what's going on and largely important. That's the glue that's tying everything together and how people are engaged and interacted upon by that system. But you just have to know where their scope ties into other parts of that job. And I think, Mark, what you said, having the, the respect for each other to not just dump it on my program at the end and say, hey, things changed, fix it, need it done by Tuesday, but being able to just engage them as soon as possible and, you know, respectfully and appropriately talk about their needs, their concerns, and bring them into that, um, that change or that part of the project. I, I agree with that, but with that said, there is some value in understanding the scale of changes, you know, and, and so if you're at a project meeting and the client asks for a, a seemingly small change that could have a drastic effect on the programming, it would be helpful for the, for the project manager to have that, that kind of overview understanding of how the program works so they can say, wow, okay, that's, that's not a big deal. That'll just take five minutes to change in the program or, 
oh my God, we have to change the entire structure of the program enterprise-wide to make that happen. And, you know, it, it's, it's fine that they can go back and check with the programmer and, and report, but to have that kind of in your back pocket could be very valuable. I mean, more knowledge is never a yeah. bad thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that, uh, you know, after, you know, many, it all depends on the project manager, but as you start to go through um, their career of working in the AV industry and being a project manager, you start to get to a point where you know from experience of, you know, what happens with the changes. And, and, and I think that's really where I was kind of going with that is that, you know, you don't necessarily need to know all the ins and outs, but it's a matter of knowing really, you know, what is really going to affect that the, the programmer while they're sitting at their desk cranking away at code. Um, so uh, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting topic, and I think you know it really uh, going back to the pro to what you had said earlier about the the project manager needs to know the let the pro the programmer know flip it around the programmer needs to understand that the project manager has deadlines that need to be met, and that's really that's what they are focused on is the tasks at hand you know so that's that relationship back and forth and um, and understanding the time of what you know what the deliverable is for each project manager and the and the programmer yeah and no one wants to work with a jabroni that doesn't communicate doesn't manage their work well uh so partner with good people i like i like that jabroni i like that <laughs> <laughs> well th these are some great tips guys i really appreciate it and uh i i think that they'd be very helpful i think you know a couple of takeaways that i had is you know keys to success are, are definitely communication and relationship which is just good advice in general with with regard to business and, and anything that you do so um well that'll do it for today's show i'd like to thank you guys for being on uh first i'd like to thank luke jordan uh from Electroacoustics, thanks for being with us. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about your company, and uh, just chat with you in general? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Luke Jordan, E-A-V-I, or you can check out our website, eavi.com. Great, thanks. Uh, Jim Maltese, thanks for being with us today. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about AVR uh, or anything that you're doing? Yeah, no, always a good time. Um, uh, you can hit me on Twitter at Jimmy Maltese uh, or avres.com, avres.com. Great. Thanks for being with us. And last but not least, Mark, Rick, Mark Ripley, excuse me, from Vistacom. I hope this was a good experience for you. And thanks for joining us. How can people get in touch with you and, and learn more about Vistacom? Well, thank you again for having me. This has really been a, an exciting uh, show. Um, the, uh, folks can reach me on LinkedIn. I don't... Uh, don't really have an active Twitter. I'm working on it. Uh, so you can reach me on LinkedIn or you can email me. It's mripley at vistacominc.com. And then that's also our website is uh, vistacominc.com. Twitter is where the cool kids hang out. So. Yeah, I, I, I did, a, did some tweet, uh, tweeting, but uh, you know, I'm not too active on there. I'm working on it. I'm working. All right. Next Thank time. You, so uh, my name is Steve Greenblatt. I've, I've been your host um, I could be reached on social media at Steve Greenblatt. My company, Control Concepts, is at controlconcepts.net. But most importantly, um, visit avnation.tv. You can find this show and a bunch of other shows, a uh, great lineup of uh, weeklies and monthlies from AV Week and Resi Week, which are the weekly uh, 
shows in those verticals, as well as some of my other favorites, uh, the AV Profession, the ITAV show, Connected. Those are all great shows to pertain to this audience. So uh, check them out. Let us know what you think. Also visit the underwriters who help to make AV Nation possible. Uh, show them your appreciation, and I'm sure that they will uh, continue to support us. So that's it for today for Estate of Control. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.